We the people of the state of Jefferson, ever mindful of the rights we hold most dear, life, liberty, and property are compelled to establish this, our new state, for the preservation of these natural inalienable rights. Our mandate for the protection of life, liberty, and property gives urgent voice to our demand for representation that reflects our needs, our history, our culture, and our moral imperpetude. Time has come for 51. This is Terry Raposa. And Wynn Carpenter. You're listening to Jefferson State of Mind Podcast. Well, we're back again. I don't know. Maybe i got to figure this. Uh, there we go. Ah, oh, now I got it. All right. You got to mess hey, with sure? me. <laughs> yeah. Every time I sit here, it's like it's either blowing my eardrums out or I can't hear anything. <laughs> so today is April 11th. It's uh, the Sovereign Mind pod, uh, Podcast. Uh, as opposed to the pond cast, that's what I said last time. Uh, maybe it's the swamp cast. <laughs> Should we always start doing the swamp cast? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what: the more we dig the swamp into the swamp, the swamp seems like it just keeps getting yeah, the murkier it gets. Murkier yes, it gets. It it's going to be the Sargasso Sea here pretty soon. It's going to all explode here pretty soon. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, and uh, we're going to talk about some of that in the second half. Today is April. 11th 2022 uh, i'm here in the studio with my sister linda who does all the heavy lifting good morning everybody good morning and uh, we also have a special guest with us john uh, green he's uh he's running for sheriff of shasta county uh against the incumbent uh, jo- uh the appointed incumbent uh, appointed yeah incum- that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh so we uh we wanted johnson johnson it's johnson. Mike. it's mike johnson right yeah yeah not that we're getting old and senile and can't remember <laughs> anything, but uh, boy, I'll tell you what, we're we're an in information overload these days. I, I'm not kidding. I, I've got so much focused on so many different things. Yep. Uh, on in so many different areas, it's just absolute insanity. You know, right in the middle of tax season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've got a week more of this stuff. We've been just getting blown out of the water. We're going to talk about that in the in the uh, next segment as well. But. Let's. Uh, where should we get started? Uh, you know. Uh, well, I'll uh, introduce myself for your listeners who aren't aware or familiar. Uh, my name is John Green. Uh, I'm running for Shasta County Sheriff uh, for the second time. I ran four years ago against Tom Basenko, and uh, I just couldn't give it up. The, there's nothing that has been changed at all in the last four years. We've had three sheriffs in in three years now, and none so, of them have been, been elected. elected. I was going to say, other yeah. Than, other than uh, Basenko, uh, the other two have been appointed by uh, a majority of the board. Uh, so the board is dictating who gets to govern the sheriff's office, which I well, think is absolutely inappropriate. Not anymore, uh, at least not yet. Not yes, not yeah, yet. because we well, have it is the, the board back then. Yeah, the board, yeah. <laughs> the, the existing board at so. the time. Yeah, and uh, we're starting to get that sort of mixed up a little mm-hmm. bit and into new blood, which is what we need to do. I think that. Uh, if I had my way and I could wave my magic wand, we'd just clean house on just and just do the whole thing mm-hmm. over again, just a total, I agree. total do-over. Because well, I, we're working at that, though. We are we are slowly chipping away at, at the, the problems here in Shasta County. Well, I think it's be primarily because people, you know, people are strange. They, it has to get, you have to feel the pain. You know, there's, there's always in sales, they talk about the four Ps, the pleasure, the pain, the profit, and so forth. And it, it's interesting that people have to feel some pain to feel they have a stake in in uh, the issue. 
And I think that's what's happening in Shasta County with the COVID. It's woken so many people mm -hmm. up to what's going on. Now they started looking and seeing what was going on. And, uh, and, it, and now they're starting to understand that, you know, the uh, gov local government hasn't been very responsive at all to uh, the community. No, and, and especially with the first appointment uh, of Eric McGreeny, you know, I figured uh, that 10 months into a four-year term when the sheriff bailed out, they might look at, hey, who who ran and what was the vote count? You know, it was a, it was a super close race. You know, I had 22,000 and some odd votes, or 21,293 votes out of 44,000, you know, a little bit over 40, 48.5%, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, you figured they would listen to the constituents, hey, you know, um, well, how about this guy I don't gets think it. they even considered that. I don't they think did, they cared they did about not. that. I, I made that point. point at a board meeting uh, shortly thereafter where, they, in fact, they were going to appoint Eric McGreeny without any type of process. And so I got up and, and said those exact words. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, they held a, a public interview a few weeks later, and uh, appointed Mr. McGreeny anyway, which we well, we will. know the fix yeah. was in. You know, yes. I mean, oh sure. Uh, but uh, my ex my experience, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, uniquely qualified for sheriff uh, more so than the than the appointed incumbent uh, who's never worked in a sheriff's office uh, or or dealt with the, the many diverse divisions that they have. You know, I I worked exclusively for the Shasta County Sheriff's Office for for over 27 years. You know, I've worked in nearly every division in that department uh, and, and retired as a supervisor with the intention of running for sheriff because I saw how things were going and uh, and I was tired of it. Uh, I could have stayed a couple more years and maxed out my retirement, but that's not what I'm about. Um, so I, I uh, decided to retire uh, when I when I was a little bit past the retirement age and ran and gave it a good run for sheriff, you know, tried to beat a 12 year incumbent and it was super close. So I was very proud of that. Well, do you know what the margin of, uh, uh, you know, a percentage it was that he won? By? It was a, it was uh, just rounding it was a 59 uh, 4951 split okay. so that very very really close. very close yeah there yeah. were 1672 votes not that i counted but uh, <laughs> 1672 votes that that uh, differentiated us so um, you now know. you you just said something that mm -hmm. I, I want to key on a little bit that you didn't like the way things were being run or you didn't like the politics you didn't like something mm -hmm. you know when you were at the uh, sheriff's uh, department uh, can you get more specific as to what the oh, sure. the problems actually sure. were? Yeah, I saw a great divide between the administration and the uh, the deputy sheriffs association, basically the the, the working men, uh, women and men with the sheriff's office outside of admin, the, the administrative uh, association, which included the lieutenants and captains. Uh, where, where they numbered about 10 or 11 at the time. The Deputy Sheriff's Association was well over 100 people at the time. And they're the ones who are out there, you know, busting their butt to, to right. serve the public. And there was a great divide there. And, and I, I met with uh, both the sheriff and undersheriff at the time. And I offered my assistance to, to try and, and close that divide and be a liaison between the two so we could, we could serve the public the way the public deserves to be served. Um, and they didn't want to hear that. So at that at that very moment in that meeting is where I made the decision. You know what? I'm retiring, and I will see you at the polls next year. I turned around and walked out and retired three weeks later, wow. and, and started the, my campaign. But then they showed, or, or their voices were heard because they did a vote of no confidence. Yes, there was. Uh, yeah, and that was just last year. Um, they actually filed those, I believe, back in February of 21, and it didn't come to light until around June. 
Um, we posted that yeah. stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. Just when it finally came out, yeah, you know, right, and, yeah. that, and that had been sent over to county council. Um, I don't know why it didn't go to certain board members, but they were unaware of it, and nothing was really done. I, I think I heard there was a, and that that was actually both the deputy sheriff's association and the admin association yes. had votes right. of confidence. Yeah. Um, right. Well, and I remember McCreeny's reply to one of them. You know, was pretty much F them, and, yep. and that was actually yep. in the report. You know. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, not to, but the point being on that is that you don't even care what your guys think of you. Right. Right. And evidently that's exactly what he, he didn't care because I guess he knew that the, uh, he wasn't going to be there very long at that point, I think mm-hmm. is what the deal was. He well, knew- not only that, the board of supervisors and all of them must not have cared. Yeah, and they kind a, cer- of swept, a certain swept it under the rug, so to speak. Few, yeah, and I don't know exactly who, but right, but, uh, I don't. You know, we there, there were some. There were some that were not uh, aware of what was going on until basically the deal had been done to right. to right. Uh, have Mr. McGreeny resign and take a job, a created position over at the CAO's office. Deputy, uh, uh, was it what is it? Deputy assistant uh, CEO or one of those? There the. They created four or five positions under that and CAO. Got, wow. And he got he a got, raise. Yeah. Well, of course. Like 20, 30, 40. I don't know what, how much it was, but it was a significant amount of uh, money. It was, yeah. I bet roughly uh, 40, 40, 50,000, somewhere around So, there. So yeah. how does that work? You're, you're basically have lost the confidence of the people that uh, you're, have, are working for you. Over at the sheriff's department, they're they're you know they've got no confidence in you at all. And I've read some of the I read the reports, and it was basically his leadership, uh, his communication. You know, he wasn't uh, listening to his men, uh, and all of that. And then all of a sudden, you just are over on the other side of the the. Uh, and 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 during that same period of time, they were courting uh, the the now appointed sheriff. Uh, probably a couple months prior to the appointment. Um, you know, offering him a huge salary increase, um, you know, single highest year, wow. uh, you know, and, and, you know, what it's a win-win for him apparently, you know, because he's, he's close pretty to hard, retirement pretty age. Pretty hard to turn and, down, yeah. you know. Well, sure, sure. sure. And, uh, you know, so it, I would think that would a be whole... a big issue in this, in this, uh, upcoming election. He's almost at retirement age anyway, so mm-hmm. we're going to elect mm-hmm. this guy. And how long is he going to be there if he does right. win? Right. I would fully expect it to be the same thing that uh, uh, Tom Basenko did. You know, that was that was well known prior to uh, the election. But uh, you know, it just comes back to to mudslinging and, and innuendo, uh, unless he says it himself. You know, but uh, uh, everybody knew that he was going to do it. We, and the general thought in my circles was that it was probably probably going to be three years in, you know, and bail out the last year and go in. But in a point. Is there is there do they is that spiking their salary to an extent? Is that what that's happening? You know, I, I don't think that's that would be necessarily spiking uh, uh, yeah, a retirement. You right. Know, so that's what I mean. In other yeah, words, you yeah. get retired based yeah. on how much. So if he gets a raise it's, and he knows he's going to be out in three or four years, it's mm-hmm. his retirement is going to go up. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, it used to be where you could, uh, if you had retired, if you're a retired PERS employee and you got the elected position, it was a, there was, there was no, um, there were no rules. It, you, you did not fall under the, the rules of reemployment because it was an elected position. So they were exempt from, from, uh, 
the retirement and they could actually collect, you could actually collect your retirement that you paid into and earned all those years and then get paid to do the, the other job. So, mm. um, some people would call that well, double dip. Yes. Well, they can't do that anymore. So that's, that's, uh, and but I, they, that's been grandfathered in though, right? No, uh, the laws changed, I believe in, uh, 2019 or 2020, uh, through PERS where now you can, you can, uh, uh, you, you have to basically unretire. Uh, you don't have to, but uh, if you want to continue to pay into the PERS system, then then you will unretire. But there's still people that are getting PERS and working someplace else. Yeah, and the PERS rules are are pretty pretty cut and dry and black and white. The the entities that hire retirees uh, are subject to fines, and the retiree, if they go over, I believe it's 960 hours a year, uh, then whatever they make over that, they will deduct from their retirement. So they're, they're limited to an extra help part-time basis hmm. on that. But uh, elected officials don't. Um, I just wanted to make it clear because people asked me that last time, were you going to unretire? And I hadn't really looked into it at that time. I had just retired and I was focused on on winning a campaign and, and right. becoming the next sheriff. So, but no, this time I, I will unretire. You know, I'm not going to collect a, a retirement check and, and a sheriff's salary at the same time. Uh, I don't think it's right. So I will... Uh, Call PERS the, the the day after I'm elected and make arrangements to unretire on the inauguration day. So That's what you, a little bit different than a lot of them will yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we probably should switch gears. Maybe yeah, I was thinking yeah. about you know start maybe talk about the constitutional should, and, yeah the constitutional <laughs> piece and the Second Amendment and mm-hmm. things like that. We probably need to hit upon. Right. Yeah. So, so what, you what want, do you want to take so first? <laughs> yeah, no. uh, I'm, I, I was thinking just your overall stance on the Constitution. I mean, uh, do you believe in being a constitutional sheriff? And what does that mean to you? Because, you know, I've heard a lot of sheriffs say we're constitutional sheriffs. Mm-hmm. But then you say, uh, do you believe in open carry? No. Uh, do you believe that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, having a gun and bearing uh, it, uh, you know, and open carrying it, like I say, mm-hmm. is is a right or is it a, a something that you're going to allow? I mean, there's, you know, we it's we, a living document. I know, and we hear yeah. this from politicians mm-hmm. all the time. You know, it's, uh, you know, they're for the Constitution as long as it suits their uh, purpose, right? Uh, so what do you have to say? Well, my purpose would be to abide by the Constitution. That's the law of our land. Uh, that's our God-given rights, and, and it's not a privilege. Uh, I don't like the word allow because that's not my position to, to allow people. Uh, you know, I, I completely agree. I, I'm 110% pro-Second Amendment. Uh, I am very open to open carry uh, as prescribed by the, the state penal code, and uh, I have no problem instituting open carry. I do, however, want to have the deputies trained on how to deal with it. I, I fully plan to contact uh, numerous agencies throughout the country that have open carry and see what type of training they send their deputies to or their, their law enforcement officers to. So you'd have to go to the places that are actually training the deputies and say you want this incorporated in the program. Correct. And it's going to increase law enforcement contact. And if you, you have younger deputies and law enforcement officers um, who, who are going to you know see, see a, a guy constitutionally open carry, um, carrying, it's going to create uh, some issues potentially. It, it so, could. and, yes, and, it most and could. so they need the most up to date training on how to deal with those encounters, what to do, what not to do, and things like that. So, so you just, don't feel that your deputies would be in harm's way necessarily because if we had open carry, you know, there's no. some people out there that say, oh no, they can't do that because they're afraid of, 
you know, mm-hmm. the the situation, and everybody's got a gun, and so they got to well, fear for their life. The whole and, woke, the whole woke you, you thing know. is, you know, silence is violence. For example, as a as a, is what I'm saying, yeah. silence isn't violence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so right, what we've yeah. done is they've perpetrated fear into the into the communities all mm-hmm. over the the country. That if you see a gun, that's somehow. Uh, something to be af- afraid of. Yeah, because right. I know I, you know, I lived in Colorado for quite a few years in like in rifle and stuff. I mean, open carry is a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and there, there's not a right, big right. issue over it. Well, there's open carry in what 30, 35 states. Something I think it's like forty three. Forty three now, somewhere around oh, forty two, yeah. forty three. Yes. So, and, and and that's not to say that the whole state is open carry, but those counties in in those states, right? You know, and and I don't think it. Uh, it's my position to allow. It's my duty to facilitate that okay. as sheriff. So as, yeah, that's a big uh, issue yes, in, in Shasta is, County, yeah. Because people are kind of tired of this uh, watered-down version of the Constitution that mm-hmm. we're being, you know, being peddled with. Uh, and uh, and people are waking up to that the Constitution is has literal meaning. You don't say, you know, the right to keep and bear uh, shall not be infringed. And then you say, except we're going to have all these little caveats that, uh, you know, we will get, you have to get permission. Right. The, right. the, the high cap magazine ban the you know the 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 calling them assault weapons assault rifles which we all know that's that's an incorrect term that that well assault rifles yeah. are actually banned i mean right um, i'm talking know, fully about the, i know the, the, the term by the left it's but the, the, taken, right but what, yeah. the definition of it but they've yeah. taken yeah. fully automatic mm-hmm. machine guns and turned a, an ar-15 semi-automatic into a fully automatic machine in the mindset of the people right and that's 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 very slim and that it's just because they don't like the look of the, the specific firearm, uh, you know, they 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 get into a panic. And, and I think it, what it is is that they want the perception of that. Because I think we should all be carrying fully automatic weapons. You know, well, I mean? they're uneducated. <laughs> they have no idea about the weapon or what's behind it or any of that. Right. In my opinion, right. and so that becomes a fear. Well, I don't know. My so, my point is this. People are what kill people. The weapons really have nothing to do right. with it, whether it's a tank, an automatic right. machine gun. Anything can be any, a weapon. Anything, yes. exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, as far as the, the the concealed weapons permits being issued in Shastakana, there's been a, a tremendous problem. You know, Tom Basenko, that, that was his meat and potatoes of everything. It was, oh, I issued 10,000 CCWs this year. Well, how long did it take to issue those? You know, and I know right now from personal experience, not myself, but some family members and friends who you cannot apparently... Uh, apply for a, a renewal until 30 days prior to your expiration. Well, uh, once you submit that paperwork, it'll tell you right on the computer it, it's two to, two to three months out. I was so very then, you come, then you're you're not legal, right? In I, that period, I was very unhappy with the process. They got it automated, and I just got mine. I picked mine up last week. Uh, uh, you know, renewed for I've had it for a long time, but I, you know, I couldn't turn in the paperwork. So I tried to turn the paperwork prior to the line, and mm-hmm. it and it glitched every, and just yeah. and and just yeah. wiped everything out. So I had to load it like twice before I realized I had to do it within the time period yes. before it would actually hold the data so that I could push the button to get it in there. And it's just it's just yeah. And what needs to be done is that is uh, I, there's one individual working in there right now, and uh, they, they need they need help. And t- talking back, going back to the circle, circle around back to, I don't like to even say that, but right. to, to go back to where we were talking about uh, 
the the extra help part time. There are a lot of retired law enforcement officers that would would enjoy doing that, you know, for for a wage and and you know five hundred hours a year to come in and help streamline that process. Right. Let's get us caught up to where we're not playing right. catch up. Right. And so that's that's a that's a very easy fix. Um, I don't agree with the, the c- complete automated system. I think some of the older folks around here um, don't have access to don't have access to yeah. computers. Yeah. They try and do it on their smartphone, which they, I that's a nightmare. I, it is. And yeah. they, even me filling out stuff on my my iPhone, I, it's it's terrible. So, you know, we need to have a dedicated if it, if it needs to be automated, we need to have a dedicated computer system there with somebody who will Come in. They can come in, make an appointment, come in, and they can be coached through on how to how to complete that paperwork at the sheriff's office, uh, the online, or uh, and or go back to the the uh, paper trail uh, just to get right. caught up and, and education. And I know the fees have gone up since they've automated, uh, which. We're about I, I don't know three hundred bucks A to Z or something like something that. like that yeah. for wow. every renewal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, huh? That's well, if we crazy. if we went to an open carry county, then it wouldn't matter. <laughs> you wouldn't have to have them issued. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there is that. Uh, I think maybe we want... Oh, my headphones just uh, went crazy. Sorry about uh, that. Maybe hit upon the gel. I mean, this yeah. is a yeah. big topic you know, I, uh, in the county. Yeah. We've got people uh, that want to increase the sales tax, all different scenarios. Right. Now we have the wagon wheel or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it mm-hmm. that's being introduced Yes, Thoughts, you, feelings. You know, I, I, I wonder if we could get the temperature turned down. And, it is a little warm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like I feel like I'm in a sweat yeah, box. It's so. pretty warm. So the uh, uh, the concept of the the wagon wheel, it's just that, in my opinion, it's a concept. It, it's I, there. There are no plans. They used a, a stock photo uh, to illustrate it. Um, you know that, and that you know, I was there at that meeting when they introduced that. That like there was a big innovative modern deal, and then I come mm-hmm. to find out that that plan has been around forever, and right. it's nothing innovative really right. at all. Right, and it it uh, like you said, it's it's more it's it's more for show right now. It's it is campaign season, so you're going to hear a lot of stuff. Right, um, that that facility should have been started to be uh, built five years ago. Eight years ago, yeah. when I started in, in 1990, the jail was full. We had people living in the the uh, clothing room where, where we held the the inmates' uh, personal effects. Uh, you know, th- those were gutted. They had they had bunks stacked to the ceiling. You know, we were we were at capacity, and the jail at that time was only I think about four years or four or five years old. So the the overcrowd in the jail has been here forever. Yeah, you mean um, the jail was built yeah. like '84 or something? It was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. and uh, so. It's been a problem that that no sheriff has addressed. Uh, you know, since then we've lost our Crystal Creek uh, camp. Right. Yeah. We, we yeah, lost I, our annex I with her work that. release. Why, why, I never understood that. I don't know. That was owned by the state, and uh, at one point in time, the state took it back. So that why that, though? That was, I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I, don't it know. I was. I was a. Sense. I was either a jail deputy or a street deputy at the time. Not right. really concerned about about the camps. You know, right. I was just going out doing my job on patrol. It seemed like it was a good outlet for a lot of uh, kids around it was, here. And, and they they put them on fire camps. They traveled. You know, they they made some money and and they they learned a, a trade and a skill. Right. Uh, back then, so that was taken away. The the annex was taken away. The work release annex where where they would go out. To the to their job during the day, they'd go, right. come back in, check in at night. You know, so they would serve their time that way, or they'd come in on weekends and spend weekends there. Well, that's that's turned into a, a patrol station. Uh, oh man, back. 
probably 20 years ago maybe, now. Maybe instead of having half the budget go to Health and Human Services, maybe we need to take well, some of that budget and put it towards you know, uh, you know actual uh, deterrence. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the other issues with, with incarceration is treatment programs, things of that nature. They are needed. We need mental health services for uh, people in need. And we need... Uh, medically assisted treatment for people who come in addicted to certain, right. uh, you know, d to drugs and and to treat them to get them off of their drugs, uh, you know, humanely and effectively. Uh, there they have, Health and Human Services has offered, going back six seven years that I'm aware of, to when it was under Basenko to actually pay for the incarceration of the inmates there in this program. Because I would think wow. the primary. I would. Nobody's yes. ever mentioned that yeah. before. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's kind was, of a new. It was turned piece. down uh, vehemently by the administration of the sheriff's office at that time. Interesting. And I don't know why. There's no no reason for it. They they were offering to provide the doctor. They were offering to provide the daily incarceration fee and and have these inmates set off to the side. Because um, I think that would be the prime and, directive get them off the street yes. you know i don't even mind treating them and you mm -hmm. know because I, I i got family members you know that went down the bad road i do you know? too and, and i think everybody I, I, does yeah. at this point you know yep. but uh, get them off the street so they stop mm -hmm. the crime wave that's going on yeah and i'll tell you that too with with family members and friends that i know personally you know when i was a, a younger street cop and and i worked many years on the uh, streets of shasta county and for most of my career, whenever I ran across somebody who was who was uh, an addict that that was, you know, committing crimes, things like that, I was of the mindset: go to jail. You know, it's it's on you. You know, why right. why are you doing this? You know, and and you know, people abandoning their kids, they're they're stealing from their parents, their grandparents. You know, and until you actually delve into that and deal with it on a personal level, you don't realize that, that it's not necessarily that cut and dry. Yeah. There are issues that go along with addiction that need to be treated. And, and that being said, bottom line is, if, if you do offer these services, people are gonna take them for one of two reasons. Either they just don't wanna spend time in jail or they really want help. Right. And they want to change their life. And I, I believe it's incumbent upon us to provide that service to the people that really want to change their life and have a, a program that has a success rate to get them off the seat and make them, make them productive and and and, and help them. As much as possible. I mean, I totally agree with that. I mm -hmm. think the first line is get them off the street, get them incarcerated, get them processed through the judicial system so that we, we have a you know a, a date of release and all of that stuff and a, and a, and a, and a term that's been defined. Uh, and then after that, then I mm -hmm. think then you need to try to help these people if you can. But, but yeah. you know, you made a good point there, but at the same time, if they don't want help, yeah. But you have to have those services, but some way to weed through them. Correct. Give them the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're mm -hmm. a repeat fender, you know, you've been in here 10 times, mm -hmm. you know, then, right. then there why, has why to be now? some other yeah, yeah, why are you gonna want way to, change to, now? So. to deal with these individuals yes. to keep them off the street. And so, yes, and everything that I've, I've studied and learned over the years uh, about addiction, and it's the bottom line is until they hit rock bottom. Right. That's what I was just And that's the last that it's it the last time get, it has to get that bad. Yeah, it for has them to, to want to change. It has to get mm -hmm. 
really bad for them to want yes. to change. Yes. And and some of them, it's a death sentence to them because they're never going to change. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of when you're going to find them in the in the in the ditch right, on yeah. the on the right. side of the road, right. uh, or the uh, the ones that finally get there and go, I don't want mm-hmm. this anymore. You know, those are the guys that we want to help. Right. And this this wagon wheel concept, like, like I said, it's just a concept. Uh, Ten years down the road, probably minimum. You know, for, uh, there are no architecture plans. In fact, I emailed the the, the sheriff um, at, at the um, on Sunday before last and said, "Hey, I I want information on this wagon wheel program. You know, are there plans drawn? Have there been RFPs for construction? Have there been envir- environmental impact reports? Where is it going to be? You know, how many? Yeah. What's you know, the, the one staffing thing, one level? One thing I noticed many- about their presentation." Was that they put themselves in charge of it all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, that's part of it. But at the same time, they just built this great big the courthouse, courthouse yes, and, and so, all that, and never even, mm-hmm. in my mind, never even um, introduced, you know, this this other wagon wheel thing or whatever. You know, well, what that's I mean? what I'm saying. Why, all yeah, of a sudden, it's all, yeah, well, all this money. sleep at the wheel, and that's where I go back yeah. to to from from four years ago when I ran, and there were these promises made. Oh, we're going to get jail space. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Nothing has been done, right? You know, and then then uh, we have existing. We have the existing jail, and we have the courtrooms one and two. The state owns the new new building that that's that's for courts only. Um, so we have the two courthouses one and two that are attached to the jail that have the infrastructure to be converted into bed space, right? So once they vacate, and these plans should have already been drawn up. Right. Had right. I been sheriff, yeah. they would have been, because that's that's just a no-brainer right there. That's an extra space, you know, probably 50 beds, dormitory style, uh, medium to minimum security. We could have health and human services in there providing mental health treatment. Um, you know, and down the future, when we do build a new jail, we can convert that into some type of homeless shelter to, to get the people off streets. See, because yeah, yeah. you know? I'd like to see somebody that comes up with answers besides raising taxes and spending money, mm-hmm. because... You know, the real deal is that's what that would look like. I felt like I was sitting in Boston when they they proposed the big dig that lasted, you know, uh, right, yeah. 12, 15 years and went, uh, you know, 100% over mm-hmm. budget. I mean, that's what I was seeing. But the people are waking up, and I see what they, that presentation is being uh, uh, to placate everybody mm-hmm. that, oh, now we're going to do something. Yep. And, yeah, look at us, look at us. Yeah. And, and, you know, a big, yeah, once again. A big deal with the uh, um, appointment of the current <coughs> – excuse me – Current sheriff was, uh, hey, we're going to be tough on on marijuana eradication. We're going to go out bust these gardens, and and Eric McGreeny is going to be liaison through the CAO's office to do that. That was that was in August. I don't think they've done anything. I researched a little bit, and they they have uh, a couple small gardens under their belt, but that was in October. Um, heard nothing since. Well, the um, small gardens aren't the problem. Right, it's the right. big, huge you know, grows. I, I, think, the they brought, I think they brought. I think they brought maybe twelve thousand plants is what the last stat said. And I asked for those stats too from the sheriff. I, I don't expect to get an email back, but but uh, right. You know, there's there's no transparency there. On I, I read a, a KRCR article, I believe it was, or a record search site article from back in October that that they had they had uh, hit three gardens. Uh, throughout the county, and it was about twelve thousand plants. Mm. I don't know. There, really. No arrests. You know, they're they're citing property owners, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, it's it's all it's campaign season. 
you know, right. is, is what it is. So I just urge everybody, take it with a grain of salt, look at the past, and everybody says, oh, yeah, you know, this guy did such a great job in Anderson. Well, he was given the tools necessary, um, and he was not autonomous. Uh, he was the chief of police, but he answered to the city manager, right. uh, you know, who fortunately the city manager had was was interested in hiring and 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 cleaning up Anderson. So, so he was given the tools to, to do that. Um, you know, I'm confident with the board, uh, as it's changing that, that when I'm sheriff, I will have that support as well right. and be able to work autonomously with the support right. of, of the board, uh, and get, get the programs launched, get, get a new jail under construction. There's, there's a ton of state money still out there. I'm in favor of hiring a grant writer uh, instead of a public information officer to put out, uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok videos uh, to $90,000 a year salary is just, just beyond right. my comprehension. Right. Um, well, let's talk yeah. about finances a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, uh, 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 and donations in the campaign, unless you have something. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we- <laughs> no. I was going to say, get out this information. Oh, now yeah. people can get a hold of you, where to get yeah. a hold of you, what you got going on. Yeah. But we can do. Let's do this, and then then you yeah. can do that because okay. I want to talk. Because yeah. you said something uh, prior to the interview oh, that yeah. kind of yeah. struck About my. Where uh, people are getting their financing. Yeah, or that lack there seems to be. Yeah. These guys all seem to be on the same team to a big degree. Yeah, I, I've been looking into the financials, and and mine are are. Uh, very small. So, if anybody out there listening would feel, would like to donate a small portion of my my uh, uh, campaign efforts, I it certainly would be appreciated. How would, they, how would they do that? You know, they can get a hold of me via Facebook uh, Messenger, John Green for Shasta County Sheriff on Facebook. It's tied to my regular page, John Green, and I also have my website, which uh, we are working to get it back up. I had it up last time. It's J O H N G R E E N E, the number four sheriff dot com john green for sheriff.com and that will be uh that will be up soon and th- there'll be a donate button on that but uh like do you I said, have a phone number i do have a phone number my my phone number is is published uh sometimes i didn't think that was such a good idea oh. but but hey that's who i am i'm, I'm transparent and i'm available to everybody my my uh, phone number is area code 530-410-1557 and, right. and yeah, talking about the campaign finances, you know, I was looking over a bunch of the candidates and uh, it, it's odd. I've never seen this before because, you know, I'm not a politician. I don't look into politics enough. I, I educate myself on what I need to vote on and what I think is morally right, in my opinion, which is every American's right. So I've noticed that these these candidates, these incumbents, or I should say the appointed incumbents, you know, the DA was appointed, didn't have a, a running uh, opponent last election. Um, Kathy Darling, I think, had one opponent in the last 16 years. Otherwise, she was appointed and, and all that. So uh, the same thing with, with this sheriff, um, the appointed sheriff. But all these race, races, uh, if you look at the financials, they are all donating to each other's campaign, which I find is very odd. You know, $500 here, $1,000 here, you know, from Michael Johnson to Baron Browning, Baron Browning to Aaron Reznor, Aaron Reznor to Stephanie Bridget. The the good old boy club just seems to come to mind no matter how you look at that. And then, and if you look at their big, the big funding for these people is through uh, Sierra Pacific Industries and, uh, you know, every Emerson relative, you can think of five or six of them have donated or donated to each campaign, you know. What about, uh, what about just hordes of money? uh, McCall McConnell and, and that you know I, I, McConnell's uh, uh, 503 corporation so they can't uh, in, in engage legally in, in any political practices um, I mean they're they're it's even, so, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. even so, so extreme to the point where and I don't know if it's McConnell or whoever owns property but I had some friends who have a business uh, that they lease the property from some entity and uh, 
uh, put a sign up. It was up for a couple days, and then they get threatened with their lease. Yeah, uh, if they don't oh, take wow. the campaign sign down, wow, you know they can't do that. You can't do that. You know, and that's that's their business. I would think business. if you were so leasing the property, that you'd have would, rights to you'd it. You'd have yeah. rights to yeah. it. Yeah, that's so. It's unfortunate that, that that has to happen around here, but it just goes to show you that that the you know these the, the elite Reddingites who feel they're entitled to hold on to these positions for life are doing everything they can, tooth and nail, to to pound down their opponents, and right. they, they are so offended by anybody trying to disrupt what they they perceive as their their legacy or or whatever they perceive as it's it's just absolutely. Uh, uh, I, 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 it just takes, I, I'm taken aback by it. Yeah. I, I, I know surprised. I've come to the same realization you know, years ago that I was like, how can this be? Because, you know, you think, you know, that it can't be that closely knit of a groups or however, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's a group or what it is, but it seems like, you know, it's us and them in a lot of cases. We've seen it in the recall. We've seen it in various other elections. We've seen it in the candidates that have run. And anybody that isn't, you know, part of that mantra doesn't seem to get any help. Right. You know, well, I, and it's been going on forever. In, yeah. in, in Chester County, probably isn't alone. Oh, I guess. Oh, I'm it, sure not. It's, you know, yeah. but this has been going on here. Right. We, we're starting to find out for years and years, and the group or whatever well, you want to call we've, it we've now got, is got, very now, large. Now, now you've got a shot because there's enough people waking up that. Uh, you know, the, the general public is waking mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm funding my campaign uh, partially out of my own pocket, had a few donations here and there. And, um, you know, it's it, here's another aspect that, that goes with the funding and the endorsements in these, these interest groups. So there's special interest groups out there who want to give the perception uh, of being impartial and, and fair and, hey, we want to interview you through this process. You know, I'm a chairman of such and such committee and and I'm running this committee, and then when you get the invite, it's like, oh, hey, cool. They want to they want to talk to me and and make an informed decision. Well, when then when you investigate the people and look just a few few strokes on the keypad, you find out that the, the people who are calling they're on certain people's campaigns. They've donated to certain people's right. campaigns, so they they've already chosen who they want to endorse. Then why do they want to? They want to give it an appearance of legitimacy of legitimacy. And it's it's you know to, so they can come forward. Hey, we we endorse so and so because because we we interviewed both candidates and we found this one to be the best. So you know I'm not taking part in that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entertain them and give them the appearance that they're being legitimate when when you you see these people have already donated money to specific campaigns or on their campaign teams things of that nature. It's 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 a farce. Right. It, it is a farce. It's kind of like you know I, I go back to the recall because it's the b biggest example I've ever seen. Where you've got one guy who's purported to be a moderate Republican, and then all you've got is people, the socialists are the only ones that show up to support him, and the socialists are, and the Marxist guys, the one that are holding up their signs. And, and, and for me, that was like, how does that even compute? How can you sit there and say you're a moderate Republican? Or, you know, the, the current, one of the current uh, candidates uh, for uh, Board of Supervisors saying that we all need to get together. We don't fight amongst ourselves. But the real deal is that, that if you don't do exactly what they want, they're fighting with you. <laughs> they're, they're, right. They're, yeah, they're, they're vehemently against you. you know? So yeah. if somebody, I know you guys are doing meet and greets, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the candidates, there's a lot. When is another one for you if somebody wants to actually come and meet with you personally and talk with you personally? Yeah, we're having, well, tonight up in Shingletown is a, a town hall. 
style forum, which, uh, you know, I remember from last time, it really wasn't an opportunity for people to come up and ask you questions. It's more of tell your story. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be nine or 10 candidates there. So it's going to be very brief um, and and all that. But in Shingletown, so that that's tonight at six o'clock at Black Butte School for the people in Shingletown who are listening. And then uh, Friday night at Hillside Pizza, I believe at 530 in Shingletown, is going to be a meet and greet with several candidates there okay. uh, so they can come up and talk personally we just had one in happy valley that was very yeah, very did. very well attended and and i got a lot of good good information out uh we have one i believe on the 24th uh in turtle bay park uh amphitheater area and that'll be uh put out on facebook by by the candidates that are going to be there and and uh you know, it's it's basically just a, a brief five minute intro of each candidate, and then they break out in groups, and and people come and ask questions and and get answers and All get right. informed. Cool. And I have to say, this go round before we close, I, it's nice to see a lot of these meet and greets, and you guys, all the candidates, being out in the public and sharing your information mm-hmm. and and talking with people. If nothing else, this is something that hasn't happened for a long time. Now. It hasn't, and and we're going to be up in. Uh, uh, the MacArthur, the Fall River area of, uh, fairgrounds on May seventh uh, for the Heritage Days there, and we'll have booths and and uh, people can come up and and ask questions and get get stickers and and uh, just get informed. That's all I want people. I'm really pressing that message: get informed, uh, talk to the candidates, and see what see what they're going to do for you because it's 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 high time. I wouldn't be doing this again uh, if if I didn't think that Shasta County deserved better from their 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 servants, you know, and, and that's even elected officials are servants. So it, it's it's high time that, that Shasta County gets the service they, they are entitled to. Well, with that yeah. said, uh, we want you, if you like our content, uh, we want you to share this. Uh, ring the bell, uh, smash ring the Ring the bell, bell smash mm-hmm. it, all that stuff. We're on uh, all the different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble. Uh, at Rumble, it's at MKent101 if you're looking for it there, MKent101. Or you can go to mountaintopmedia.com. Absolutely. And uh, we want to thank... Uh, uh, John, John for coming, for coming in. in. So we've got. Uh, let me see if I can. Well, thank you guys and uh, vote John Green. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Vote John Green and uh, go to your Facebook page at yep. John Green for Shasta County Sheriff, and you can get all the contact. Forsheriff.com. Oh, that's yeah. He was giving. I'm my, on oh. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, oh, Sh- Facebook. <laughs> John, John Green for Shasta County Sheriff on Facebook, and uh, there's also a phone number and a way to get a hold of him so that you can donate. And with that said, government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, and force like fire is a dangerous servant and fearful master. And we'll see you on the next segment uh, yep. of uh, Sour Minds. thanks again for All coming right. in. Thank thanks. you guys. You pleasure. Bet.